Our first full day of March Madness underway. We're doing Locked On Bracket Breakdowns. We are checking in on a 16 and a one seed Kansas taking care of business against Howard. I'm Kainani Stevens, joined by our Locked On HBCU host, Darian Gray, because we've got to talk about this because anytime an HBCU team makes it, we want to kind of give them as much play as they've deserved because they got there and they did this themselves. Obviously, it's always hard to kind of take down a one seed, but what did you see from them in this uh, game where they were able to make the tournament for the first time in a long time? Yeah, this was the first time in over 30 years. I thought that they did a really good job. I thought if you broke it up into two halves, though the halftime deficit was kind of large, it was about 13 points, I think, you still saw a different team. You saw a team that was more into the game as far as closeness of it. They never stopped fighting, but in the second half, it just seemed like they kind of ran out of gas, kind of felt like things started getting to them. The pressure started getting to them and things of that nature. So first half, really competitive. Second half, they went on a long scoring drought that really kind of put the game out of reach. When you go so long without making a tournament, obviously like Howard has done, it's exciting to get there. You're maybe happy to be there at that point. What do you see out of this team, though, um, going forward and from this program for them to have been able to rebuild uh, from some of the teams they've had recently to get to this point? I see a lot of bright futures. <laughs> like I see a, another tournament berth next year because they have Elijah Hawkins. They have Shai Odoms. They have Steve Settle. They have players who are going to be returning. A lot of times you'll see teams who I don't want to call them Cinderella because the MEAC does have an automatic bid. But you'll see a lot of teams who achieve success and they build up to that point. And when they build up to that point, the players who finally reach it are seniors. They're graduate students. Like we've seen that with my Texas Southern Tigers. They have a, a veteran team with a couple of young players. The difference is Howard is young. So, <clears throat> excuse me, they have the opportunity to fight back next year and be in the same opportunity. Is this a team where in a culture you feel like where obviously there's the portal, kids can leave whenever they want to, but the way that Howard and, and some other HBCU teams are kind of building themselves, they're trying to keep that core there, the young core there, so that they can be successful for two, three, four years in a row. Yeah, I think that goes in line with it because you see players like Elijah Hawkins, you look at players like Shy Odoms, who they were speaking about very fondly on the broadcast. You look at Odoms, he had USC, Georgetown, he had other offers and he chose mm -hmm. to come to Howard. And when you have players who choose to come to a school despite having some bigger schools interested in them, then that's when you see players who are more bought in. That's when you see players who, it wasn't my last resort, you know? So if it was my last resort, now I'm looking good and more people are coming, then I might leave. But these seem like people who have bought in. And Settle, he's going to be a, a senior next year. So I don't see that this, this little trio that leads the team breaking up in the next year or two. And... Speaking of that, I mean, because of the way that, you know, they get play like this, right? We're seeing them on a big stage. We're talking about these players and they're choosing to go to HBCUs at this point um, where they can have success and still have success on a big stage. Is this something that you're hoping to see more of across the league as a whole? Or across oh, 100%. HBCUs as a whole? 100%. 100%. I would love if you see more players decide, you know what, I want to go to an HBCU. We've seen Mikey Williams. He kind of toyed around with the idea of going to an HBCU before going to one of the bigger schools. But let's have more of that because I, I truly believe that basketball, even more so than football, other than the fact that there's more football players from HBCUs in the NFL than basketball players in the NBA. But the idea of it is it's five on five. You play both ways. And the whole cliche is that if you're good, they'll find you. And I really feel like that's the case in basketball. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take too many players to really transform a team. So because of that, I feel like if some higher profile recruits 
I'm talking about out of high school, not just transfers, but out of high school, they decide to come to HBCUs. I truly think this is something that can be a culture shift even easier than we're talking about in football, even though that's where all the attention's at. You get me one or two players at a Howard, one or two players at a Grambling, one or two players at a Tennessee State. Now it becomes a trend that everybody sees, oh, it does work. Oh, they are in the NCAA tournament and they have some success. Now more people want to follow. That's all it takes. Absolutely, Darren. We're happy to see Howard be able to build up their program, make the tournament for the first time in over 30 years. You can check out Locked On HBCU for more on their appearance this year. And of course, Locked On College Basketball will have more on March Madness for the rest of the month. Locked On Podcast Network, of course, your team every day.